I didn't have a problem with the way T.J. Watt and management had handled everything right up until 10.45 a.m. yesterday. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates right where you found this. There really isn't much else to discuss, strangely enough, on game week, other than the Steelers' best player not participating in the Steelers' team drills at practice on game week. I'm going to clear up a couple misconceptions here because these seem to be really common. One is that TJ has a contract. TJ needs to honor that contract or he's a holdout. That contract pays him $10 million in change to participate in games for the Steelers in 2021. If he doesn't, he makes zero dollars. That's just how it works. It's an existing contract. And if you think the Steelers are going to do something like trading him or whatever, look, this conversation can go a lot of different ways. And it also can be flipped on its head at noon today when Mike Tomlin has made clear through a team spokesman yesterday that he'll be addressing this situation. But even just the fact that Tomlin knew a day in advance that he'd be able to safely address this situation the next day at noon would strongly suggest that the head coach himself doesn't think it'll be resolved by then. So what could he possibly say? What could he, what could he come up with? that would diffuse this or delay it or set some kind of stage where TJ would be available to participate in anger by kickoff Sunday at 1.02 p.m. up in Orchard Park. I, 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 don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. This is a head coach who stresses practice availability as his Number one criteria as to whether or not he's going to be able to use you. You've heard that line from him a zillion times in press conferences, and you'll probably hear it again today. We'll let their participation be our guide. That's it. You can you can hear it in his voice. Well, TJ hasn't participated in anything other than individual drills. Standing off to the side, running into sleds, pulling heavy things. That's not team drills. That's not team defense. That's not running through what Keith Butler is asking. And, and yeah, look, I know, okay? I, I, I know. Edge rusher, pin his ears back and go. But there is a little bit more to the game here. I'd still like to think there's a way through this. But as I'm speaking to you this morning, honestly, 
I'm not seeing how he can be out there this weekend in Buffalo. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when, how, and where you do that learning, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, or maybe you're interested in a flexible hybrid format. Learn more about all of this at pointpark.edu. I guess there's one other possibility here, and that would be that TJ and the team reach an agreement in the morning, and the reason that Tomlin would have delayed having anything to say about it is that now the next time he speaks, it can be all happy stuff, you know? I, I, I've i been thinking about this, like, way too much over the last 72 hours and coming up with, with different hypotheticals for how it could play out. But there's one thing that I know for certain already. The fact that TJ didn't participate in this practice yesterday when everyone, including the player himself, had to have known that this week, game week, would be treated and seen differently by all concerned. That's a lousy look, man. And it also might be, for the record, a lousy tactic. Don't forget who's holding all, and I do mean all, of the cards here. You realize that in addition to the Steelers having an existing, signed by both parties, contract, they also have the right to stick TJ with the franchise tag next year. Same way they did with Bud Dupree. Now things will get sticky and, you know, melodramatic and this and that and whatever else, but they hold the cards. They still get two more years, arguably the best two years, of the player who's either the very best on the defensive side of the football in the league or right there in the top two or three. That's not exactly operating from a position of weakness. Should TJ decide, and this would be nuts after participating in a full camp and and doing everything that he did, and he did a lot, trust me. Should he decide to just sit out he loses he loses $10 million and a year in his prime that he can never have back at a position that really isn't all that forgiving to older age. He's got to play. He has no choice but to play. He's got to play this year. He's got to play next year. He can either do that at a price that's agreed upon through a mutual extension Or he can do that at a price that's just basically stamped on him through a franchise tag next year and through a contract that's already been signed for this year. It's going to be an interesting day 
It's going to be an interesting day on the South Side. When we come back, just one question. for just one question that's always brought to you on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888 888- 842-5454. The question comes from John Bushell, who asks, The Steelers traditionally build through the draft. How concerned should we be that they signed or traded for three or four guys who could start and get significant time? Are the Steelers losing their way? Well, John, there's a couple of ways to take that. One would be, well, I guess my way, and that would be to say, look instead that they're going to have four draft picks from this year's class starting in Buffalo and a fifth being their punter. Five guys are going to be really active in that game, and the the four starters obviously are Kendrick Green at center, Dan Moore at left tackle, Pat Fryermuth, I think, at tight end, and a certain running back whose name escapes me. That's a pretty good haul on top of Presley Harvin III doing the punting. Uh, I have a hard time criticizing their drafting uh, really in, in any setting with that kind of immediate participation. I hear what you're saying. I, I feel like these players that they've brought in who are going to be uh, free agents that are plugging other places on the roster are doing so in the wake of other players having been lost to free agency. Example, the most glaring example is Bud Dupree being lost to the Titans. And from there you have Alex Smith, who, by the way, looks like a pretty good draft pick, who's ready to step in right away and replace Bud. But then you go out and you get yourself Melvin Ingram so that you have a number three. Or, heck, maybe Ingram will be the starter, depending on how this TJ thing plays out. Um, I wouldn't be reading too much into bringing in free agents. I know it's not the Steelers' way, at least the way people think of it and the way I think you're describing it. But I think this management team deserves way more praise than criticism for recent drafts. And if anything, I I wouldn't be piling on about them adding to the roster. I still think they can add more. They still have cap space, even after Akello Witherspoon's been brought in. Maybe they will need another edge rusher. Wow, what a day this is going to be, huh? What a day. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Let's do this again tomorrow, I'm guessing, on the same subject.